It really is coming down to the crunch, and people are making endorsements, even people who said they wouldn't. The uh, deputy mayor endorsed Anna Bailao, even though she had told us right here on News Talk 1010 that she never planned to endorse. But that's the thing. People are trying to move the needle because the needle hasn't been moving, and so they're hoping maybe their candidate is going to do better. Uh, Toronto Star this morning endorsing Anna Bailao. And Rob Davis, who's made quite the impression but doesn't seem to have bagged a lot of votes, is throwing whatever votes he does have behind Anthony Fury, and he did so by officially pulling out of the race as well. He joined us at 5.35 this morning. I thought very intently about Mr. Saunders, about Anna Bailao, about Anthony Fury, uh, as the three people who I thought would most likely uh, be able to to beat Olivia Chow. And again, I I like Olivia. On a personal note, I I was friendly with both her and and Jack. We sat on council together. But I don't think that her uh, vision of Toronto is what we need right now. And so I picked a candidate who I thought, I thought their campaign had the momentum to be victorious on Monday. That's Rob Davis dropping out of the race. Apparently, he's the fourth person to do so. So we now have 98 candidates, though all names will appear on the ballot. One of those names is that of Brad Bradford, who joins us live in studio. Nice to see you again. Good to see you. What do you make of the aggregated polls, which continue to suggest you're, you know, like five to seven, maybe eight percent. But uh, in spite of what seems to be a winning personality, you're not exactly winning. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, uh, as, as they say, the only poll that matters is on election day. But look, there's a lot of noise out there. And I think it's honestly difficult for, for folks to sort of narrow this down. If you are not an Olivia Chow supporter, and I can tell you my experience at the doors and conversations with Torontonians, there's a lot of folks looking for a, a, a different option out there, then it is a crowded field and it's a crowded ballot with uh, 100 plus candidates on there. So, you know, depending on, you know, how you're being contacted, I actually haven't had contact from any poll uh, during this entire election. You haven't done any? I, I've not received one on my phone. Uh, you know, I just. Oh, oh you mean phone. you haven't been polled? Yeah, yeah, I haven't been polled. And there's a lot of folks out there who haven't been polled. Um, and so I go to the doors and transit stops and main streets and I, I hear directly from people. And that's that's the endorsement that I'm looking for is from the folks at Toronto. Okay, is there not a disconnect, perhaps, then, with whatever it is at the core of Toronto that seems to like Olivia Chow? Because I keep meeting people who say Olivia Chow is going to destroy this town; it'll be the worst thing to ever happen. Well, still, 35% of the population wants Olivia Chow, and the next closest person is at 15. Yeah, I agree. I, I think there is a bit of a disconnect. Um, I was at a, a Filipino event on on the weekend, and and there were two individuals talking with with ethnic press there. And they indicated that they were voting for Olivia Chow. They asked them why. They said uh, she was the only name that they recognized. And then they asked, what's your number one priority? And they indicated keeping property taxes low. And my head just sort of exploded, uh, you know, and, and I'm chuckling because um, I, I'm not sure if folks have really tuned in to what the platforms are, what the issues are, and what the leadership could look like on a go-forward basis. You know, we've got whatever the balance of the campaign is, four or five days to kind of continue to get that message out there. And, and the continued coverage uh, and engagement from the media is helpful. I do think folks will tune in, plug in in the remaining days here. And uh, on June 26th, there will be a decision about what direction are we going to take this city? Uh, Do you want common sense, pragmatic leadership, or are you looking for, for something different? No matter what happens, you continue to be a city councillor. I mean, even even if elected mayor, you are a city councillor. So why not throw your support, say, behind Mark Saunders and say, I'll be a councillor, you be the mayor? You know, it, it's, first of all, 
since I'm, I'm on the show here, I, I will clarify the assumption that everybody's support uh, automatically is marshaled over to one candidate is incorrect. Um, but that's going to be a problem. If everybody it, votes for a, a different candidate to stop Olivia Chow, then Olivia Chow is sores. It's a challenge. Like, you know, it, it, Rob Davis uh, jumped in behind Fury this morning, for example. The assumption that all of Rob Davis's supporters, uh, whoever they are out there, that they all line up bef- behind Anthony Fury, uh, it, it's probably not correct. I mean, people have, again, it goes back to the fact that a lot of these candidates are unknown uh, to the degree that Torontonians have been able to engage in this election. There's a lot of unknown out there. And so you cannot assume that consolidating behind one person that all of your voters or your coalition support goes there. That's just not the way the numbers break down. And that's not how Torontonians see this election. So I will be at City Hall either way uh, on, you know, in the capacity of mayor or, or as councillor. And at the end of the day, I'm here to collaborate. I'm here to work for Torontonians. That is my priority and fight for those issues that I've been talking about every single day of this campaign. And that's fighting for families and affordability, community safety, and unlocking the gridlock that's ground this city to a halt. And where there's opportunities to work together uh, with my colleagues, uh, you know, of course I'm going to do that. I've always done that. That's been my track record at City Hall, working with my council colleagues, working with the province, working with the federal government. And when there's points of divergence on that, uh, we'll be going in different directions and I'll be standing up for the values and principles that I believe in and for all the people that have engaged with me over the past three, four months on the campaign trail. If it is Olivia Chow, and I don't want to harsh you mellow, but if it is Olivia Chow, can you work with her? Because it seems that a lot of the leftist city councillors are already clearing their throats, even though they don't seem to be, on my last count, all that numerous. Yeah, you know, you can kind of see it. You, there's a, a bit of a different walk, pep in the step. Uh, with some of my colleagues at City Hall, they, they feel like this thing's all said and done. Uh, look, you know, I, I'm not going to support tearing down the gardener, taking an elevated expressway and ramming it down at grade through a new neighborhood and then ramping it back up to the DVP. No way. That's ludicrous. I'm not going to support you know, a 20% tax hike in the midst of an affordability crisis. Um, that's just not on for me. I'm not going to support the idea of taking the bureaucracy and making it bigger to build more housing when we have the challenges of having among the slowest approval timelines in, in the entire continent when it comes to housing. So those are non-starters for me. But are there opportunities to collaborate on on different things? Or if if Olivia wants to have conversations about how we can make life more affordable for people, how we can get them moving, uh, how we can make our community safer, of course I would be at the table to have those conversations and work for Torontonians. Some of the front runners are on record, obviously, and they've named the price. Uh, Mitzi Hunter, Josh Matlow raising taxes, Olivia Chow raising taxes, won't say by how much. Uh, If I'm reading your uh, brief properly, you have said at or below rate of inflation. Mm-hmm. Isn't that how we got in the mess that we're in? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I think that there are a lot of challenges where the city of Toronto has been left holding the bag for the province and the federal government. You know, our, our shelters have 30% capacity occupied by refugees and asylum seekers. We're a city that cares. We're happy to help out, but we can't hold the bag and pick up the tab. Uh, I make the joke. It feels like the federal government's taking us out for dinner and then walked out the door on the bill. And so they need to come through on funding for that. Programs like OW, Ontario Works, um, we administer that. 
that for the, the province, but it's called Ontario Works, not Toronto Works. So we need to have a conversation about how we are going to be compensated for administering those programs. And, you know, at the end of the day, the fact that the ferry terminals, uh, that the washrooms aren't open while the ferries are running, that's not a revenue problem. That's an accountability problem. So I'd be, you know, ushering in a new era of accountability for our service, uh, civil servants, making sure that we get more juice from the squeeze and bringing practical solutions like open tendering to our municipal infrastructure projects so that we have fair, open, transparent bidding process for more workers, for more unions, uh, getting better value for taxpayers. We could save $200 million a year. No one's talking about that because all the establishment candidates have backroom deals with specific union leadership. I'm going to join every other municipality in the province that has moved forward with open tendering so that we can get double-digit savings on our capital budget. Yeah, it's going to be a struggle, but uh, listen, uh, good luck. Thanks for coming back. Always good to be here with you, John. Thanks so much. Brad Bradford is a sitting city councillor, but also running for mayor.